welcome back to Moving Right Along, a Muppet Movie podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. It's the podcast where we watch The Great Muppet Caper two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Anthony Strand. And I'm your other host, Ryan Rowe. And joining us today, we have a very special return guest. Uh, introduce yourself, guest. Hi, I'm Matthew Soberman, and I'm a writer for Tough Pigs. One of our core writers at Tough Pigs. All right. What a thrill. Oh, I'm a core writer? Ooh. I, would, I would say you certainly are. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So uh, today, Matthew is joining us to talk about minutes 89 and 90 of The Great Muppet Caper. In these minutes, the tension builds as the thieves, the Muppets, and Miss Piggy all approach the fabulous baseball diamond. Yeah. So, Tension so I, City. It really is Tension City, and that's the thing. Like, uh, Usually on the show, we kind of go through everything that happens in order, but I don't really want to do that this time because I feel like I'd just be saying, then we come back to the thieves, then we come back to Miss Piggy. Yeah. Um, this is sort it, of the climax of this. Right, right. So it's a lot of cross-cutting. So... I'm going to actually just like stick with each group one at a time and just kind of discuss what they're doing separately because um, they never quite meet up in this, in these minutes. So no. and you're, you're thinking they're of three different uh, parties here, right? The thieves, right. The, the, the whole Muppet gang, and then Miss Piggy yeah. on her motorcycle. So, um, so we'll start with the thieves, which I've mentioned in, in recent weeks, that these scenes of the thieves like walking around <laughs> in the Mallory Gallery, there's so much more of it than what I remember. And uh, in this one, they don't really do a whole lot. They like walk up to the vault and open it with what appears to be a ratchet. And then the door opens and they enter the room. And then they walk up to the baseball diamond and admire it. And then they start to remove the top with some sort of fancy screwdrivers. Mm-hmm. That's kind of all we see here is just like them being competent thieves. Right, that's the point. I think is they're they're very good at this. This is all going very smoothly for them so far. Right, um, but it's not it's not funny, and I personally <laughs> don't really have much to say about it. So, uh, do either of you have any any thieve related thoughts? On no, this I I agree. It is not terribly interesting compared to what's going on with the Muppets and Miss Piggy. But I do think it serves as a nice counterbalance to keep the tension going while oh. the Muppets are being silly and Miss Piggy is quipping as she's being chased by cops. Right. Yeah, no, and, and, and I agree with that. Like, it does, we do need it, but every time they cut back to it, it's just kind of like, uh, show me some Muppets. Inst-. Like, the mm. thieves, the thieves being competent is kind of like the when love is gone of this movie. Interesting. Like, you need it, but I don't think about it when it's not around, and I don't <laughs> particularly enjoy it when it's on. But that that's the thing with, with when love is gone. You didn't need it. They cut it from the movie. Yeah. I, I mean we can talk about this in, in a couple of years, and I suppose. We will. But, but we'll 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 have to have you back on to talk about when love is gone if you yes, want. Yes, for the two minutes that may or may not air. <laughs> we'll cut it out of the podcast. <laughs> well, when the when we do the theatrical release of the podcast, we won't have it, but on VHS, we'll put it back in. Yep. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Um. The other thing is, man, Joe Raposo's score. Yeah, it is good. Raposo it really does who the did trick. the score and the lyrics and the songs, right? Correct. Oh, yep. such a great score! I I don't think it gets nearly the appreciation it deserves. 
Uh, yeah, I actually forgot to write this down, but there's this moment where uh, it's this it's like suspenseful music played on the strings, and then this the saxophone comes in with this little riff mm. that's sort of uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just yeah, it it just really does the trick. Like here, are all these suspenseful things happening, and oh, look how good these thieves are, what they're doing, and now back and to meanwhile, the here are the here are these weirdos dangling behind them. Yeah, <laughs> right. Right, so let's uh, let's let's talk about those weirdos for a little while. Yay! Um, the, the Muppets, the the whole Muppet gang here, approach the window. They climb into the window and they're looking down on the fabulous baseball diamond. Yes, literally the first line in the clip I got was just Animal saying "sorry." Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. We hear Animal say "sorry," which he also said earlier um, in the movie when. Remind me, it's remind me, Ryan. It's yeah. It's when they're planning the the heist, right? And he forgot to bring some item. It's right? when they're oh, going. He ate it. He ate it. They're going yeah. down the checklist, yeah, and and Fozzie reads off peanut butter, and Floyd says, "Animal ate it." And animal ate it, right? Animal yeah. says, "Sorry." So, and at that time, we were trying to remember, like, Animal has said this a few other times, right? And this is one of right. the other times. We, we both forgot that it's a running gag in this movie. A few minutes later, so yeah. many running gags in this movie. Oh well, yeah, but like. This is one that I didn't like. There's so many that I didn't even remember this one. And I love it when animal says that word that way. Uh, <laughs> so. There is one that I guess we'll talk about in a few minutes that this was the first time in God knows how many viewings I've seen of this movie. This was the first time I realized uh, a, a detail to a running gag. Hmm. So that's a little teaser for next yeah. week. Uh, no, I mean, right. we can talk about it this week. It is part of this week but okay um little teaser for a few minutes from now yeah i mean we can talk about it now it's the what little teaser for now yeah what color their hands now in all the years i've watched i never really put two and two together that the fabulous baseball diamond is sitting on top of a red felt hand oh it's literally the baseball diamond is caught red-handed is it red oh man is it it looks purple to me I mean, it's like a reddish purple, but I mean, knowing the, the detail Jim put into this film, it would not surprise me if that was a red hand. Hmm. Right, right. Although, um, either way, it's sitting on a pillow that looks like a baseball glove, like you mentioned. Yep. What a gr- what a great movie <laughs> <That's> oh. like, <laughs> that, that they bothered to put that in. You know, not a lot of movies where you could even get away with calling a diamond the baseball diamond, much less have it displayed on a baseball glove shaped pillow like in london no less. in a country right, right. where <laughs> baseball is not the national pastime yeah right it should be the cricket pitch <laughs> all right um so anyways they look down and scooter's wondering how they're going to get down there oh actually i had one little said, thing so when please. bo says uh what color are their hands now Everyone just kind of like it, it. The moment just kind of passes, and we laugh at it. But that's it. But in the uh, July twenty second, nineteen eighty draft of the screenplay, after Bo says that, Kermit looks at the camera and says, "If only frogs could scream." Which, <laughs> oh, that's not. It's I a kinda, pretty weird line. Well, I I kind of wonder if they didn't shoot that though, because um, after he says it, we cut away pretty fast. Like everyone kind of looks like. Everyone kind of looks over at him, and then we cut away. Like, oh no, what color? The, sorry, no, I'm thinking of the paper towels. Sorry, um, right, what color their hands now? We, we, like we pan right when we color the hands now. We pan directly down to the thieves, which is nice. 
right. like to, to show that they're all in the same room now, which is nice. But uh, it's a hysterical but, gag, but it probably would have taken the momentum out of what was playing. I think right. so. Yeah, I think that's right. And also at this point, Piggy is kind of the only one who's allowed to talk to the camera. So it would have mm-hmm. kind of broken that rule. Right. Um, but so in the meantime. Oh, wait, Scooter- no, there is someone else who speaks to the camera. It's Kermit at the beginning of the movie. Boy, I wish I were well, you people watching but I mean, this for in the this, first time. Right, in this sequence. Yes, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, in the meantime, Scooter's wondering how they get down, and Bunsen says, I suggest we jump. Fozzie says, are you crazy? That's about 100 feet. And then Bunsen shrugs and says, I didn't say it was a good suggestion. Okay, <laughs> is, is, is it right. just me? Well, he, right, but is it just me, or should those lines be reversed? Like, Fozzie the idiot should suggest that they jump, and Bunsen the scientist should know how far it is down. Hmm. Right? Mm, I guess my own, the only reason why I think it's acceptable is, is by this point, Fozzie has sort of accepted a leadership role in this heist-foiling scheme. Yeah, that's certainly I, fair. I would also say that Bunsen is a scientist whose enthusiasm often gets the better of him. Mm. So yeah. I'll allow it. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Um, and yeah, I, I, I really love the way that he shrugs as he says, I didn't say it was a good suggestion. He kind of, sh- he kind of like shrugs his shoulders. Yeah. Yes. And, and then like the idiotic line comes next. That's the best part. Right. But, uh, but I was just going to say Dave goals is so good at that like little stuff. Just, he kind of like wiggles his head and like moves his shoulders a little bit and, in a big mm. crowd. I assume it's Dave, you know, like Gonzo doesn't have any lines or zoo. Well, but is the but, next line that happens in the same shot? No, it cuts away to the uh, thieves briefly as they walk in. And then we cut back up and Beauregard says, oh, okay. What color are their hands now? So oh, it's wait, a, it is a different shot. But Beauregard says, maybe we could jump halfway. That's what I was thinking. Oh, of. oh right. You're right. Beauregard does say, maybe we could jump part way. Yeah. Mm. And then everyone turns and looks at him, which is funny, right. dude. That so, that yeah, is which, the idiot line. So which one is Dave? Yeah. yeah, good question. Bunsen has more lines. You know, he has two and Beauregard only has one, so maybe I don't know. Yeah. Either way, who's ever puppeteering Bunsen is doing a great job. Who hmm. which whichever like all-time legendary puppeteer is performing Bunsen. Right, is whoever doing, it is, you know they're job. talented. Right. Um so anyways, yeah, then Beauregard says, maybe we cut part way. Then we cut down to the thieves. Kermit says, we'll just have to go down there and catch those thieves red-handed. Beauregard says, what color are their hands now? And then we we see the thieves walking through the door. Which is great. Uh, it's nice. Here, here's another thing from the, the July 22nd draft is that they their original plan was that um, Gonzo was going to... They were going to wait until the thieves had the diamond in their hands. And then Gonzo was going to take a picture of them. But and then so then all the Muppets are like, oh yeah, that's a great plan. This is gonna work. And then Gonzo asks if anyone knows where the all night camera store is because he's out of film. Ah. <laughs> Which is kind of cool because that's a nice payoff to Gonzo's excessive picture taking. Right? The yeah, yeah. Movie. I was I was just thinking that. Although later on, uh, we're going to see next week that Gonzo takes more pictures. Yes, so, he does yeah. continue taking pictures. I wonder if they decided that they just wanted him to keep keep, keep doing that chaos instead of you know yeah that like that's why they didn't do that joke yeah then they might yeah so they just skip over that and they go straight to they're gonna get down into the gallery somehow and catch them red-handed right 
And Kermit says they should make a ladder out of whatever will hold us, mm. which like, what does he think they have? <laughs> like, obviously then <laughs> Lou says, good idea. Here's the paper towels. And like, everybody just kind of like nods at him. Like he had a good idea, <laughs> which is very funny. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, what does Kermit think that they brought to use as a ladder? I wonder. I think they brought Groucho glasses. A ladder out of Groucho glasses. That would be incredible. They could have linked them all together. Oh, man. Like a barrel of monkeys. (laughs) But had they done that, they wouldn't have done what they do next. And there wouldn't have been a running, a gag about it in 2014. That's, that is true. Um, and so what do they do next? The Muppets use themselves as like a, a, a human chain or a, a puppet chain, I suppose, and lower themselves down into the gallery. <laughs> and you mentioned the score earlier, Matthew. Yeah. There's that great sax rift. That oh, plays that's, there that's as they're is. going down. Oh, that's so good. But it, it's the sax rift that kind of says, hey, look at these idiots. Right. It's like... <laughs> Like I can't, I can't do it right. It's like, oh yeah, that's, boy, that's closer, yeah. those yeah. Muppets, and of course they reference it in Muppets Most Wanted. Right? Yeah, yeah. When they do it again, only they, one. They remember only, when we did Muppet Ladder? Yeah, and then they do it only one. One. It's like a a narrow ladder. This one yeah. is wide and high, and um, one goes while the other goes down. Yes, exactly. Right? And, True, yeah. and this. In this one, they're going down to the floor of the gallery, and Muppets Most Wanted, they're going up to try to catch a helicopter. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we also, so we see the wall of Muppets descend, and one of the, the, I think it's Marla, like we see them descending behind her head as she removes the glass, which is so great. Oh. Yeah, she's totally oblivious to it. <laughs> yeah, and there's also that great shot from like above the rafters as the thieves are removing the glass. The mm. Muppets are all just kind of hanging out in the rafters watching. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I had ever really noticed that or processed that before. I guess every time I'm watching this, I my eye is drawn to the thieves uh, working on the glass case below. But yeah, like the whole the the whole top half of the frame is. Muppets perched on these rafters, like Beaker is is hanging onto the rafter for dear life, and uh, yeah, it's a very a very good shot. Yeah, it's cool. It's Muppet Wall. It is Muppet Wall. Yeah, it's that's Muppet why I kind of wanted to title this episode anyway. Here's Muppet Wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we can do that. All right. So then, uh, as as we as Matthew alluded to, we'll find out what happens next week. Yes, with the with the Muppets going down into the gallery, but. Uh, Miss Piggy is also on her way there. First yeah. time we see her here, she's on her motorcycle. She sh- says, she sh- kind of shouts, I'm coming, Kermie. And this is where we get our first good look at the stunt rider who's riding motorcycle as Miss Piggy. And who appears to be a full-grown, like, average size adult human. Like, she's mm. probably five foot four or something. She's, she looks so, she doesn't look like Miss Piggy at all. No, it's very obvious that this is just a person in a... Though I have to say, of all the times they've had humans stand in for Miss Piggy, this is probably the most seamless one. Uh, you I, think more than the more than the diver earlier? Yeah. I the, oh, I think the diver's way more like that. Looks like Piggy. Yeah, That's like a Piggy shaped body. Yeah. To mm-hmm. me, this just looks like a person wearing a helmet. Like uh, yeah. it's. Uh, I guess did we decide that for the the diving shot and some of those other ones they got 
uh, an actor of short stature to wear the the piggy costume. Essentially, it, it sure it sure looks like it. Like that that person looked much shorter than this. Yeah, so I would assume that uh, a professional <laughs> motorcycle rider, st- like stunt driver for a movie, is harder to find. So they had to just go with whoever they could get. Right, right, and it's fine. I mean, it's very quick shots. It is a very mm. quick shot, but yeah. it's definitely something that I have like thought about ever since I was a kid, you know, mm-hmm. like I noticed it immediately as a small child. Whereas, you know, some of like, I didn't, I don't know that I thought about like the diving. It was like, Oh, Miss Piggy can dive now or whatever. Right. Yeah. She just seems to have grown two feet. Right. Like, and then back, then she shrinks again. Yeah. Right. But you disagree, Matthew. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's the fact that they use shorter shots on this than they have in other Muppet productions. It just feels to me more natural. Yeah. yeah. Sure. I mean, the, like, the score helps. The darkness mm. helps. Yeah. The fact that she's in the dark the whole time. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then the cops come up behind her, and yep. she looks at the camera and says, well, you wanted excitement, which yep. we talked, we've talked a lot about the trailer for this that was on VHS tapes in the 90s. Mm. Yeah. And, and that is, I believe, how that trailer ended, is with uh. Piggy saying, well, you wanted excitement. But... I like how every single step of the way, like her, her journey from jail to the Mallory gallery, she's looking directly to the camera and talking right to us all the time. And I feel like that should get old, but somehow it never does. It's just like, we're part of the gang. And, and yeah, we're I, with like Miss Piggy. I mean, what yeah. else does she have to do? I mean, she's riding oh, on a motorcycle. I mean, unless you just want shots of her looking out into the road while the music plays. I think right. you kind of no, have, no, to have her doing something. Right. It's much funnier. Although we, we do get other gags, such as the sign that she drives past that says oh, yeah. Mallory Gallery, at least two more miles. Yeah. Uh, this made me wonder whether this would actually be accurate for, because they're in London, for a British road sign to display the distance in miles in 1981, because there are, England is on the metric system now. But, yeah, but it wasn't. It wasn't back then. Well, it wasn't always. Yeah. So I I did a little bit of internet research, and I found that they the conversion to metric actually took a really long time, and it was really complicated. They started talking about it in 1962, but from what I found, road signs didn't start changing until the late 70s and early 80s. So probably when this movie was made, there were still a lot of signs that showed distances in miles. Yeah. Also, two miles is 3.2 kilometers. Oh, it is? Yeah, so if this movie uh, were made in London now, that's what the sign would say. I mean, they'd probably wait till it got to three kilometers. (laughs) At least 3.2 kilometers. Right. Um, Obviously, this was done by the National Council of Roadway Signs and Screenwriting. Of course. (laughs) Of course. course. Um, But, of course, also, the cops are behind her at this time, which... I kind of forget that because spoiler, as we'll see, like she doesn't get arrested. She doesn't get pulled over, you know, no. like um, she's just about to drive away, jump over some cardboard boxes and the cardboard boxes are enough to stop the police officers. They are helpless before the power of cardboard. Yeah. They can't get around it. Truly um, the bane of a law enforcement's existence. Cardboard it's true. boxes. It's true. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we will find out what happens with Piggy next week. We'll find well, out what happens with are, everybody. Are we? Week. Do we assume that they're just after her because she's driving a motorcycle, like she's breaking the speed limit? 
Or I mean, we, do they have she, they somehow tracked her from since she escaped from prison? I mean, I think all of it. I think that she she escaped from prison. She stole a truck. She stole a motorcycle. Yeah, there's I a mean, lot of reasons why they, they could very easily her. be after her. Yeah, I mean, how many pigs do you know that are capable of riding a motorcycle? Uh, no more than twelve. <laughs> twelve pigs that ride motorcycles. Yeah. You guys ever see uh, wild hogs? That was about four. Pigs on motorcycles. Oh, that see now that makes me want to see it. Yeah, one, but yeah, but I mean, it's still just like Tim Allen and William H Macy in pig <laughs> makeup. So um, I don't think I don't think you do. Too bad. Oh, that but would yeah, be horrifying. I, I, I'd watch it, anyways. I think you were alluding to this, but I I had never put this together. Uh, so spoiler for a couple of minutes from now, but at the end of the movie, the police show up and. Yeah, it's not because anybody called them. It's because they were following Piggy, and then when they arrived on the scene, they figured everything out. So, right, right. So I they didn't never really connected that before. You thought that the cops were, although, um, what's his name could also have called the cops Henderson. The security yeah, that's guard. true. Right. I guess I always that's kind of what I always figured. Yeah, he he probably did. I mean, he knows those guys broke in, right? Like, yeah, he must have figured that out fairly quickly after his dogs finished yeah. eating their pizza. Right. I mean, and they were almost finished when, when those guys started climbing the wall. Right. So, I mean, unless uh, he was calling to complain about mislabeled pizzas. Well, he hates pepperoni. He hates pepperoni. All right. Um, but so I do, I do want it before we're done. I do want to talk a little bit more about the structure of this scene. Mm. Cause it really does such like Jim Henson does a great job of building tension here. Like yeah. we, we all know it's going to come together. It's a Muppet movie. Like, I mean, you know, it's not, it's, it's not exactly like, I, I don't know. What's a, what's a good movie with a complex structure? Inception? Uh, yeah, <laughs> sure. It's not Inception. It's not Breathless, right? Like, um, we, we know that it's Muppets. It's all going to be a bunch of silly nonsense. And but, the Muppets are going to come out on top. Right. Right. D- despite Kermit's warning earlier, we're pretty sure that nobody's going to get killed. Right. But it does feel like something big is just about to happen at, at mm-hmm. the end of this clip. And it's it's like, I was kind of surprised by how exciting it is. Like, I don't think about this movie being exciting, but just watching this in isolation. Yeah. I was kind of like, yeah, yeah, awesome. Like, Yeah. Great job, Jim Henson. Great job, his editor, whose name I forget. Ralph Kemplin. Ralph Kemplin. Good job, guy. Yeah. All right. So those guys are good. So uh, that does bring us to the end of these minutes. Any final thoughts about them before we close? Matthew, I'll start with you. Oh, the tension is killing me. If only this wasn't two minutes at a time. (laughs) We have uh, confiscated your copy of the movie, and we're only letting you watch it two minutes at a time. You're only letting me watch these two minutes. This is all you you will ever see. I don't know what's happened beforehand. I don't know what's going to happen next. As far as I'm concerned, we just know Muppets are standing outside a gallery and these people are coming in. I don't know, maybe they're maintenance. Maybe Maybe. they're there to clean this diamond because you guys (laughs) took my copy of the movie. Well, it's funny, Matthew. Actually, if you log into Disney Plus right now and try to watch this movie, it's just going to be these two minutes. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we we made some calls. Yep. And Bob Iger does what we tell Four by three ratio. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It is it is just like a Simpsons app. All right. So uh Ryan, anything else before we close? No, nothing on these minutes. They're very good though. 
They are good. I like their antics. All right. So before we go, Matthew, we like to ask our guests, uh, what's your history with the Great Muppet Caper? Do you remember the first time you saw it? Where would you rank it among the Muppet movies? I don't remember the f- where it was the first time I saw it, but I will know this. When I was a kid, this was my sick day movie. When I was homesick mm. from school, every time there would be soup and there would be the Great Muppet Caper. So this is a a movie that is near and dear to my heart. It always made me feel better no matter what I was doing. It does to this day. Like, even if it's, like, when it's on TV somewhere, I think HBO had it not too long ago. Anytime it was on, we were just like, let's watch The Great Muppet Caper. Didn't matter where in the movie it was. It is a, a family favorite. It is the most quotable Muppet movie. and. Where I would rank it, ooh, mm-hmm. that is I, I've always I've always maintained and I still do that it is I jockeying between first and second between with the Muppet movie. Those are the two best ones. Sure, yeah. It's a a, a pretty common answer, I think. Yeah, I, yes. I'm actually curious. Like, it'll be more interesting once we get to the later movies to see like what what guests say then because. Muppets like, from what, Space, just... where do you rank it? Yeah. Well, it's my favorite Muppet movie. <laughs> hey, it, some people would say that, and that's their thing. Yeah, yeah. I had, I had a good friend in college who was a smart person who, like, she had, like, you know, that was just, like, kind of the one that she cared about. Yeah, certain movies just kind of hit you a certain way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got to say another fam- favorite moment. Uh Referencing another podcast, uh, we got this. Uh, I was at the taping they did at the Museum of the Moving Image where mm. they brought in an all-star panel to debate which was the best Jim Henson-era Muppet movie. And Steph, you know, originally, I figured it was going to be the Muppet movie. The panel was like... Was that one with John Hodgman? John Hodgman was the Muppet Show episode. Oh, okay. I believe he was Muppet Show, but it was, I don't remember the full panel. It was the two guys who host, I can't remember who the other one was, but the fourth panelist was Stephanie DeBruzzo, who met, oh, fun. she managed to ter- manage to flip the entire panel her way because she was just so passionate about the film and she made such a great argument. I came in thinking, oh, the Muppet movie is going to win in a landslide. It's the one everyone knows. It's probably the most heralded of all the Muppet movies. But she managed to convince everyone, and even myself a bit, that (laughs) the love and care that Jim put in and the understanding he has for his characters makes this a fabulous movie. I just thought I'd add that. Yeah, no, I, I was really happy to hear that, especially because this is my favorite. But yeah, that's that's definitely worth seeking out. I'll put a link in the show notes when we post this. But um, yeah, 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 it was that was really great to hear. Yeah, yeah, I'll it, have to I'll have to give that a listen. I mean, it's a long one. I'll say that much. The debate was two hours, and then they were going to screen the winning movie afterward. Did you stay oh, for that? Oh yes, I did. I was like maybe one of five people who managed to say. <laughs> From the start of the podcast to the end of the movie, and awesome. Stephanie came awesome. out at the end of the movie to thank everyone for for coming. Aw, that's great. But it was just that oh. that long a debate, and 
Oh, so good. That's awesome. Well, uh, we'll have to, yeah, like Ryan said, we'll link to it. So that's just about it for today. Listeners, please check out toughpigs.com on the internet, Facebook, Twitter, anywhere you can find us. You can follow me on Twitter at Zeppo Marxist. You can follow Ryan at me, Ryan Rowe. And Matthew, where can our listeners find you online? Uh, you can find me at Matthew Soberman with uh, no spaces, no caps, just Matthew Soberman on Twitter. All right. Awesome. And uh, listeners, if you're so inclined, give us a review on iTunes, hopefully a positive one. And tell all your friends to listen to the podcast. Join us again next week for another episode of Moving Right Along. Goodbye. Goodbye. Anyway, here's Muppet Wall. <laughs> <laughs>